You are listening to Balanced Living Weekly number 63 with Cliff Ravenscraft and Father Roderick. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Balanced Living Weekly. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I am Father Roderick from the Netherlands. We're here each and every week to kind of share our own journey in pursuing a more balanced and healthy lifestyle in hopes that it will be an encouragement to our communities at large so that we can encourage you to also share a more balanced and healthy lifestyle journey with us so that we can be inspired by you. It's all about mutual inspiration week after week. And also we got everything started off with this show talking about the biggest loser. And uh, we continually watch that. And fi- by the way, Father Roderick, best episode ever of this show. I saw show. you tweeting that and it made me want to catch up as soon as possible. So I, I've watched most of the final episode of the last episode, this week's episode. And then uh, I just read the episode recap for, for the end of it. But yes, I enjoyed this episode tremendously. Especially because they went to New Zealand. They went. But let me ask you first: What? Why do you think that this was the best episode ever? Well, because it was the this. By the way, it's the first time that I really felt compelled on behalf of the of one of the participants. I mean, um, it, it, it was you know the whole thing in New Zealand. I love that. Number one, I love that they went to a beautiful place to shoot the the episode. I mean, mm-hmm. if I'm going to watch two hours of television, at least give me New Zealand to look at in the background. <laughs> it's it's just absolutely gorgeous there. But the, they went to that sky tower thing. Uh huh. And okay, first and foremost, it was it was fun to watch Jillian to yes. to go down to go down this thing first and to see her scream like a baby. That was awesome. You know that I've been on that sky tower. Have you really? <laughs> When I went to New Zealand two years ago, they took me to uh, to that same very same sky tower. Um, so uh, it's huge. I mean, wow, it's an amazing view. And uh, I actually had dinner there. Uh, it was on the last night, and we ran out of time. But otherwise, I would have done the same. I would, uh, I remember kind of walking around in that store where you can sign up to do the jump. Yeah, and uh, and I've seen the landing place as well. Uh huh. I, I was like. I if I if I have the time if I have the occasion I might I might do that, but uh, I think it was already closed when we uh, we after dinner and <laughs> just didn't get to do it. Now I regret it because I saw how it was done. I was like, wow. But I don't know. Just the the way that they filmed it, it was very well done because that's definitely. The, you know, you, you get this feeling in, in the in the pit of your stomach when you kind of see the depth. That is exactly, I mean, that, that was totally like what I remembered. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't know if if I can do that because I, I fear heights as well. But uh, it's again, <laughs> unbelievable. And uh, what, what, just, yeah, go ahead. What made, what made this my favorite episode ever was the, the story following that with, to find out, number one, that Bob has this, fear a terrible fear yeah. of heights uh which you think is that there that, that that bob is just no is not afraid of anything and has done everything and seen everything turns out not <laughs> exactly exactly so i it was it was interesting i, I loved learning that about bob uh-huh and then there was you know the one contestant is his name ken or somebody i, I don't mm-hmm. I, yes let me see uh let me look that up real quick it was funny because uh, I came to really enjoy 
this guy, and then I came to really dislike this guy all in the same episode. <laughs> but I, I loved I loved the part where, I mean, he, I mean, you know, Bob has a fear of heights. There's no doubt about that. I thought, I thought that was genuine, authentic. I thought it was real. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but Bob has that, you know, you know, Bob's a risk taker. You could tell that even though he's he's afraid of heights, eh, he'd be willing to do something if it came down to it. All right. So yeah. so his fear isn't like, you know, like crippling kind of fear. Mm-hmm. But this other guy, this I don't again, was his name Ken? Ken. Yeah, it's Ken. OK, so <laughs> Ken, this guy, you could tell he has a fear. Yeah. I mean, he was white. Uh, as white could be, he he had a look of horror on his face, being like eight feet away from the window, looking down <laughs> over this thing. So you could just tell. And to to actually sit here and to and by the way, I don't have a fear of heights at all, but mm-hmm. I would be freaked out looking oh, yeah. through that graded uh, thing where you're looking down and you see nothing but the right. ground. That would freak me out. And I have no fear of heights. Just stand there with your hands stretched out, holding these two poles and leaning a little bit forward and just looking down and below there, there's nothing. There's there's nothing. It's just that it's the ground, like hundreds of feet below. Oh, And the thing is, 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 is I'm not afraid of heights, but I don't know that I could have let go of that thing. Yeah, me neither. And to have watched (laughs) him, this guy who has this terrible feel... Fear. He's like, listen. You know what? I did not. I did not come to the ranch to 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 confront this fear. This is this is not why I'm here to lose weight. I got I got other things I'll confront. But I didn't come here to do this. But to sit there and watch him do that, that I felt like, wow, that was awesome. And so it was very brave. And yeah, and you could tell that that while he was falling, he was like, yeah, yeah, I did it. And so it was definitely this experience of uh, stepping over another boundary or, or doing something um, way beyond what he thought he could do. Yes. And so it's very empowering. And that that's the effect that it had on, on all of them. They were like, wow, if we can do this, you know, we can do so much more. I love seeing that. That, that was amazing. And then to watch Bob do it, you know, because yeah. it, it was fun. Of course, it wasn't as big a deal as watching Ken do it, but it was still a big deal. And, uh-huh. and, 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 and I just loved watching that. It's like, that that was good. And then, okay, as if that wasn't enough to make this the best episode ever, then there was the 5K. Mm-hmm. Did, did you get that far into the episode? No, no, I did not see that. Oh, my goodness. You, the, I know that you're behind, I mean, and you've uh, read the synopsis, but watch mm-hmm. the 5K challenge. Because the 5K that's, challenge that's- goes through terrain like I've never seen them put people through on um, The Biggest Loser before. So they're running a 5K. Uh-huh. And, and I've seen them do challenges with sand and you got to climb up the sand when it's coming down and and you got to do this challenge. But never before have I seen this many different terrains in a single challenge and in the run of a 5K. Absolutely amazing. Beautiful scenery, but still very, very difficult circumstances to run a 5K in. And the fact of how they did it with the, you know, the teams of, you know, they had three teams of three, I think is what it was. And Mm -hmm. uh, nobody wins unless your entire team makes it to the end. So they, oh, wow. It it, it was done extremely well. And uh, I'll tell you what, I was, I was totally drawn into this episode. It it, it really, I'm like, wow, last week's episode was really good. This episode, oh. 
loved it. Yeah, and I, start, I really start to like the contestants and uh, the dynamic. And they're, y- y- this is the part of the of of the series where you you start to know everyone really well. You follow them at the beginning. The the group is too big, and you kind of have very sketchy impressions of everyone. And now you've you've kind of been following these people for so long so you, so it really matters what happens whether it's positive or negative you you you, you i am totally involved now in this season um Indeed. and 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 it's impressive and and it was also we we i don't think we talked about this but the the, the episode before this was pretty dramatic too with the you know the the this new trainer basically yeah. Losing his job. Oh, did I didn't see that coming. I know. Do you like how I left that for you? Because we talked yeah. about that last week, but we didn't. I didn't uh, spoil that for you. I, I thought it was a beautiful moment because the the girl um, forgot her name, but she's so brave, and so you know everybody was in tears, and she was just standing there like, "Don't worry about me. I'm gonna make it." You know, and and she will. She yes. will. Very very strong woman. Very impressive, but what a drama that this new trainer basically gets kicked off the show. Uh-huh. I didn't. I thought that they, they would just, you know, reassign him, but no, he's gone. Yep, indeed. Which makes me wonder: Is this gone forever? Is he gonna come back? Is he, is he gonna get back next season? We we know for sure now, as several of our listeners have uh, written us that Bob is is definitely gonna stay with the Biggest Loser. So only Jillian is is not gonna be. You know, she's she's leaving the show. So, in a way, it doesn't really make sense to have two male trainers and one female trainer. So, is he is he gonna is he, is he gone for? Actually, I I really liked him. I thought he was you know, a very nice guy. Well, do you uh, want to know? Um, well, you know the answer. I do. Okay, tell me. <laughs> well, I I I don't want. I hate spoiling things, but I, I guess it's not like I'm spoiling Lost. I guess it, it, so. No. <laughs> but but at the the end of the episode, they you know they do that promo for the next week, what's coming up, and uh-huh. there's gonna. I think we're gonna see a surprise reappearance of a certain person in New Zealand next week. So uh, okay, yeah, I, <laughs> I, and, and, and so yeah, I think we're gonna see more of of Brett. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I mean, that would be kind of really a bad way to go, you know. It's like, oh yeah, this is new it, trainer, two new trainers on the Biggest Loser, and then yeah, yeah, your whole team has got eliminated. So bye. I <laughs> we all, don't need you anymore. Although I do want to say this though, I I could totally get into uh, a Biggest Loser season twelve. Is, this is eleven, right? Mm-hmm. I could totally see getting into uh, Biggest Loser season twelve where you have three or four trainers at the beginning and the trainers are just at risk as going home early and, and yeah. ending the sh- their time on the show is for the season as their contestants. Yeah, but I, I, I would I think love that. You that. Know, he, uh, Bob Harper will never sign a contract where he can get, he might get kicked off the show. I would love it <laughs> I, though. I, don't think that that will happen. <laughs> do, you, do you think it would change the dynamics of the way that they would train those people? Oh sure, uh-huh. absolutely. If your if your future, your career is on the line, yeah, <sighs> yeah. But that, I think that the two new trainers were very invested in this season because you know for them it's they need to conquer this audience out there. Yes, known Bob and Jillian for for twelve seasons and now has to get used to these newer trainers. That that is tough. Yeah. And actually, we've seen one season, the third season, if I'm not mistaken, where Jillian also stepped out. And there was this other female trainer, and uh, hmm, she didn't last. She was out 
after after that one season. Hmm, that so, got, that happened before I came on board. Yeah, and then Jillian came back as the third trainer in in the next season. It was pretty cool. She was like kind of uh, she had this hidden black team that she was training offsite. And uh, kind of like everybody was settling for well, we got to do, we got to get used to Jillian not being there, and then she was back with this this team that was uh, I think eventually her team won everything. That was a brilliant, brilliant season. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. in our chat room over here at gspn.tv/live, and it says, uh, "Yes, I really love this season." Uh, these people are great. They show compassion like I've never seen on here before uh, for each other. They're like family. And she says the uh, Moses story was wonderful. And I can mom says, I agree. Uh, there is more compassion in this season than any other season. I think that it makes the show. Uh, we want more physical fitness. Let's get down to, uh, let's see here. We want more than physical fitness. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's get down to the emotional issues. After all, that's why most people gain the weight in the first place. So great, great comments there in the chat room. But yeah, I, I, the, the compassion here, the story, like, like, for example, Moses and his daughter, the other teammates that won the 5K, I don't know if you read this in the synopsis, but they gave up their, their ride in the helicopter to this special island and uh, let the dad and the daughter do this because of, of the special um, importance of New Zealand to their family. Mm-hmm. Just really, really, it it, it is. It, there, there's just so much about this season that I'm loving, and and there have been some seasons I've liked in the past of the basic. There's a lot loser. of heart in 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 this season, and uh, I, I I thought there was an. Well, at least I can remember two other seasons. I've really forgot the number of the seasons, but two other seasons where it was very similar, where I, where I felt like, wow, I I so admire all these contestants, and at least the final group. They're so tight, so much supporting, and uh, and even sometimes you know falling on the sword for each other. Uh, that's yeah. that, those moments always just make are so impressive. When someone deliberately you know like let me step out, let this other person this other person needs it more than I do, and yep. uh, you know just showing what the what it's really about and making the right choices. Uh, that that's so inspiring. Yes, indeed. And of course, I, we, we, I won't go into it too much, but I just say that Ken kind of, you know, he, he had my, he had me going there for a while with the, mm-hmm. you know, overcoming his fear of heights. But man, he was a total jerk to his trainer. Uh, uh, what's her name? Yeah, um, the, the newer trainer. But yeah, the uh, new trainer girl. God. I can't remember still, her name. I still don't know what her name is. And I I've don't been either. watching the show for so long. <laughs> oh my gosh. But is it Kara? I don't know. Uh, yeah, Kara. Kara. Okay. And so, um, but anyway, um, he, he was a total jerk to her and, mm. and I, I just didn't, I did not like how that was played out and I kind of got over it pretty quickly, but my wife, Stephanie was watching the show with me and by the end of the episode, she wasn't over it. She was still very, she's still very much not happy with that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we've all had our favorite contestants like that. I remember a certain lady in dressed in red oh. that I couldn't absolutely stand. Oh goodness. <laughs> I do know who you're talking about. I don't even remember her name anymore, but Oh yeah. <laughs> I try to forget. That that was the other thing. Ma- Mary is in my chat room and she says, I'm not a big fan of Kara. Not sure if I can watch her next season uh without Jillian. And I wanna say goodness, it, I don't want to be negative, but man, she does <laughs> whine. Well, and the problem is also that we um, we see only a very small 
uh, like a, it's it's very one di- dimensional. It's all about like, yeah, I've been boxing all my life, and now I want to you know help these other contestants you know lose their aggression. And we don't get to know her that well. Yeah, that's true. And, and what I also miss is that that of course what makes Jillian such a compelling character and and personality is that she brings so much more to the table than just you know being a good physical trainer. She has this whole psychology background her mother is a uh what a psychologist or a psychiatrist even oh i don't know is that true yeah she's and so as a she and she herself has been in in therapy for a long time and so she always uh has such a good intuition of what's really going on and she is um even more than bob able to go go straight to the core of the problem and and uh, even you know see through the the games that people play on the show yeah and 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 manages to uh to sometimes to to crack these very close personalities and 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 uh and and uh, enable some breakthroughs psych- psychological breakthroughs and i've i've been so impressed with her uh, over the years and i don't see kara uh carrying that same weight yet but again might be just be editing we might not see everything yeah i'm willing to give her a little bit more time to get to know her i mean gosh you you've got bob and jillian to those are huge shoes you know i mean they they really are i mean these these two really do make that show well and then you know if you look at the first few seasons with bob and jillian uh it's very different from the personalities that they are now so of course they've learn so much through the yeah. process well and and gosh all you have, all you need to do is go back to you know 2005 and listen to you know uh father roderick and cliff ravenscraft episodes and you and <laughs> i you and i both have grown quite a bit uh over yes, the course yes, of the years yes yes so. that is uh that's pretty dramatic if i go back to my old shows and listen <laughs> how fake everything was and scripted and uh, i was trying to play the radio dude and <laughs> changing my voice and everything oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but uh so I, i'm willing i'm willing to to give kara a, a chance but i would would i i would agree that it just seems a little off right now yeah it but, needs to be filled in a little bit more or perhaps she's too i mean it, it um it's difficult to be really yourself and to to be authentic if you you are so aware of the impact of this show and um well the responsibility um i don't know it, yeah it's gonna be interesting well, Father that, Roderick, yeah. I put a link in the uh, show notes and I'll put it in your Skype as well and uh, and then I'll push, push it in my chat room here at gspn.tv slash live. But this is a... this. Remember I told you about the daily. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. that, that daily uh, iPad newspaper kind of deal. Anyway, yeah. there's an article. Have you heard about what they're... Pa- a law that they're getting ready to pass here in the States where restaurants are going to be forced to put their calories on their menu. I thought that that was already done by a lot of restaurants. Well, well done and required are two different things. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. wow. Yes. Yeah, so uh, let's see here. I'm going to read a little bit of this article, if you don't mind. Advocates yeah. of posting calorie information on menus made a lot of headway when the Food and Drug Administration announced new rules last week that they're, uh, but they're fuming over political interference that led to exemptions for some big purveyors of bad food. Restaurant chains with, mo- now check this out, restaurant chains with more than 20 out- outlets 
will be forced to list calorie counts next to the food and drinks on menus, while movie theaters, alcohol distributors, airlines, motels, bowling alleys, and amusement parks can continue to sell food without labels. Certain industries fought for exemptions and got them, Margot Wooten said, uh, director of nutrition policy at the Center of Science and in public in the public interest, and one of the leading voices of the menu labor, labeling movement. Uh, it is very political, she says. So uh, here's here's the big one, though. Uh, one of the loudest opponents of regulations was the National Association of Theater Owners, which represents the owners of more than thirty thousand movie screens. The group has been unapologetic about its intense lobbying campaign, even boasting that it successfully lobbied to get movie theaters exempted from the menu labeling ordinances. And can I just tell you right now that as somebody who does count their calories and who does care about this information, uh, I want to tell you the most devastating place for me to go is to the movies. Yeah, because of the the popcorn yeah. And the soda and everything. It's just not it's knowing not how many calories. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Because I, 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 I'll I, be honest with you. I, I want to go to the movies and I have always, as from the time I was a kid, I go to the movies, I get popcorn. Now, as a kid, I always got the butter on top and all that other stuff. I don't do that. I don't do the butter on top anymore, but I still get the popcorn. I, I love having popcorn in a movie. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just an enjoyable thing. The ritual. <laughs> exactly. And, and the thing is, is I still know that that popcorn is not healthy, but the thing is, is I don't know how unhealthy, I I don't know how much calories, I don't know how, what materials that they're using to cook this stuff in. And, um, you know, the only thing I read is stories that talk about that even unbuttered popcorn, you know, a a large unbuttered popcorn is still like 17 or 18 or 2200 calories or something. But, but there's no, every movie theater is different. And that calorie yes. count can be different depending upon what oil they cook it in. There's no way to guesstimate how many right. calories right. you're eating. And I hate that. It, 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 and and it's, it's kind of disheartening that uh, apparently this concern, this political concern for our health uh, stops with, you know, or can be stopped by effective lobbying. Yeah. Which... Which is very expensive. So if you just throw enough money uh, to 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 this, uh, then you you can um, you can basically overcome this this whole movement of you know we got to be we have to make people more aware of what they eat, uh, and that's kind of scary. Yeah, I and and I don't want to go into a, a political debate on any of my podcasts, I, but I mean I'm not a huge fan of government imposing regulations on private business. I, I'm mm. I'm really not, and so. I don't know that I would be an advocate for the bill to to force restaurants to put calories on their <laughs> on their menus because I could see how potentially that could cause some damage to their business when people all of a sudden wake up to the fact that they're being killed by their food. Um, but at the same time, I certainly welcome the change as somebody who wants to know this information. Uh, I, I just don't know how I feel about the government forcing businesses to do it. What I've personally done, I've chosen to go to restaurants out of my way to the ones who actually do post calorie information. Yeah, you, you can vote with your feet. You that, can just uh, you know choose to go to restaurants that provide you with that information. And I think that that too um, can can be uh, a motivating factor for for restaurants if they know that they uh, you know if they provide that information, they get more customers. 
yes. and they might do that. Or, or sometimes it's even for their reputation. I, I know that uh, the big fast food chains like McDonald's and Burger King and perhaps Pizza Hut, they do provide you with that information if you ask for it. And yeah. there's always somewhere a list in the restaurant um, that you can that you can just ask. And then you, I, I remember being in a McDonald's where I just went through this entire menu and it was just tiny little letters, but everything. That yep. was on a menu had calorie count yes. uh, next to it, and there's a, you can look it up on a website. The thing is, <clears throat> recent research has has uh, shown that um, it will actually not change people's habits. If if, if there there have been uh, a lot of tests where uh, they would you know just compare groups of people, and one got a menu with calorie count and the other without, and it didn't influence uh, well, the, the, the eating habits. I would have to argue against that study, it, and not knowing very much about it, obviously, other than what you just said, but still... It's I, just a, a general group, you know? It's not yeah. like people that are already trying to lose weight. Yeah, it's just... The normal people. Well, the thing is, 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 was this the first time or, you know, did these people repeatedly go back to the same restaurant and continually repeatedly? Because I would imagine that what they did is they, they did this with probably lots and lots of people to get a good feel for the data. But the thing is, is if somebody, it, yeah, if, if, if all of a sudden you've got two menus or you got two different people and two different menus, one has calories, one don't. Well, if you, if you're looking at this, and this is the first time you've ever seen a men, menu with calories, and all the calories are, you know, you have no idea what calories are and how many calories you should consume and what that means to your health. Then, then all of a sudden, sure, you, first time you see that menu and you came in for a big cheeseburger and French fries, well, I'm going to get the big cheeseburger and French fries. But if I go to a restaurant and then I go into another restaurant and I go into another restaurant and all of a sudden all these restaurants are posting their calories... And then all of a sudden, just it's like, what is what's all this calorie stuff? What does this mean? And then all of a sudden, I start to become aware of what calories are. And wow, you mean I'm supposed to only eat two thousand three hundred calories a day to maintain a health, you know, to maintain my weight where I'm at right now? And wait a second, that five guys burger and fries with the big triple burger with all the stuff on it and and the bit large fry that was three thousand eight hundred calories for lunch today. <gasps> no wonder I'm getting to where I'm 180 pounds overweight. <laughs> I think it will work if it's part, as you say, uh, of, a, of a more general um, information campaign where we uh, help people uh, start to, to learn what calories are. And uh, I mean, we know this stuff now, but a couple of years ago, I was totally unaware. I had no idea what calories were. Uh, I heard of them, but I had no idea what normal, what, what, you know, what, what the normal amount of calories for a day for an adult was. Yep. I had to yep. learn all that. And yeah. I guess that still the majority of people are totally unaware of that. And so if you just print calories there, uh, that by itself will probably not change the, their eating habits. Uh, but if it's part of a, a, an overall educational campaign, and I think that this should start in the schools. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Did you um, hear in the States uh, just this week, they launched the latest episode of Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution. Oh, really? Is that show still on? I, well, they had they had a you know, they had the season with uh, Huntington, West Virginia last year. Yes. And, oh, and so they did new, another now one. Now he's in Los Angeles. <gasps> yes. Oh, my gosh. He, he and his family <laughs> moved from the UK over to LA f to film this this new season. And uh -huh. uh, now he's trying to get into the L.A. school system. And we had the first L we had the first episode this week here in the States. So 
I'm sure that's probably on. It was on Hulu last time, so you might want to check it out. It's a good show. It's very. It's just as fun to watch as uh, the last one. And remember last year on Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution, he did the um, he did the demonstration of the what they call um, with rib meat for chicken. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My. He prepared the the what was it the, the the chicken McNuggets. Yes. In front of the kids, and they they ate them, <laughs> and he's like, "That this never happened to me anywhere in the world." Yes. Yes. <laughs> now here, here here's the other thing. This time he did a similar demonstration only with beef, okay. and he cut up uh you know a, a side of beef and and he took the leftovers and he shows what they do with those and here's the thing. Uh, when you see what they did as far as uh, how they cleanse this with ammonia and it, you, they do not have to tell you that ammonia has ever touched that meat before and get this, you are allowed a, up to, I think it's 15% of the meat that anybody sells in ground beef, uh-huh. up to 15% of it can be can, can be made up of this leftover chunky stuff soaked in ammonia and cleaned and processed up to 15% of your ground beef can include that with no labeling requirements at all to tell you that it's there. Ew. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Oh, I had no idea. (laughs) Yes. So even more uh, scared of ordering food when I'm in the U.S. Well, I'm. T- it's it's just weird. I mean, and this is this is stuff that these we as Americans here we're completely unaware of this stuff. Yeah, and they might say that you know this is safe, and then and, and it's still you know they did research and it doesn't harm you. But just say, I want to know if they did weird things with my food. I would want to <laughs> know if my my beef, my ground beef, has been soaked in ammonia for a couple of days. <sighs> My gosh. To kill the, oh, and why is it soaked in ammonia? Because huh? they're using the leftover outer portions of the beef that nobody would ever use. And the reason why those are never used is because they do contain E. coli and salmonella. So basically it's the part that gets into contact with feces and everything. Yes. Ew. Yes. And so the reason why they soak it in, sal- in um, ammonia is yeah. to kill that. Oh, that's what that 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 right there my friends is potentially in 15 15% of your your hamburger that you got at the fast food place today is made up of that meat. Well, I switched for this period of Lent, I switched completely to organic and uh I can tell even though it's 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 more expensive. Uh, it's a lot more expensive than regular meat, but I'm not going to switch back. I've I've really gotten used to eating much less uh meat. Um, I'm much more picky about, you know, what, what, so if I have to spend money on meat, what type, what am I going to, what do I really enjoy, you know, and how can I prepare it well? Um, but I have to say, even just from the perspective of taste, it tastes so much better. And, uh, and I know that, that, that at least the food that I eat, it's safe. It's, it's, it's well-regulated and I'd rather eat a little bit less, but then I know I can fully enjoy it both, both on the level of the, the way it tastes, but also psychologically knowing that it has not been messed around with. It just gives me so much more of a, of a positive experience in eating that stuff. And, uh, wow, this story only confirms me that that is the right decision for me. I, I think so. I, I really do. 
<sighs> well, anyway, so Jamie Oliver Food Revolution started here in the United States. Everybody go and, and check it out. Set your DVRs and and hopefully it's on Hulu as well again this time around. It's it's a great show. And and by the way, our kids love watching it with us. So it, it's, it's fun. It's fun. And you learn some some stuff about food and, and cooking. And uh, yeah, you want to know something? Uh-huh. Until last year, until that episode with Jamie Oliver and the chicken nuggets, my kids always ate school lunches. And this did not change because Stephanie and I changed it. Our kids refused to eat school lunches after watching Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution. They, <laughs> they, my kids, all three of them, all three of them, none of them have had a single school-made lunch since. Not one. Wow. They all so pack their you, lunch every day. How do you do day. that with kids? You, 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 what, what do, do you make the, the lunches for them? They Stephanie take does. Yeah, Stephanie takes his, they, they pack their lunch. Uh, they have lunch boxes that they, uh, or lunch bags or whatever you will. Gosh, they got cool stuff today. I mean, they got the pouch that keeps your, your liquid drink cold and the warm stuff hot and all this other good stuff. But yeah, Stephanie makes them, makes their lunch every morning to take to school with them. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, whole wheat bread with, uh, with, uh, fresh Turkey and, uh, deli cheese on it. And, um, you know, a, a homemade granola on the side and, and an apple or a banana or a piece a pear or some kind of fresh fruit. Uh, it's, it's expensive and, uh, stuff like that. Thank you, Megan. Uh, my daughter just brought me in a, another delivery shipment from Amazon. So. Exciting mm. stuff. Oh, nice. <laughs> Hold on. What, Megan? He's had more deliveries in the last week than he has in the last four years. Is that so? <laughs> he says, is that so? I heard it. Yeah. Okay. Really wow. All right. Can we finish our show now? I guess. All right. Thank you, baby. I love you. Now I'm curious what's in all those deliveries. Well, if you are curious, you could go to podcastanswerman.com. Ooh. And I have the most recent posts on my site. One of them is my Sony wireless microphone system, uh, which is uh, at podcastanswerman.com slash UWP. Mm-hmm. My brand new lighting system for my studio is at uh, podcastanswerman.com slash lighting. And uh, the next one, and I don't know when this will get made, but it'll be podcastanswerman.com slash green screen. Nice. Yes. Nice, nice, nice. So excellent. Anyway. <laughs> but where was I at? So um oh but oh yeah. So what we're fixing so the them for lunch. So so yeah, Stephanie, I mean it's it's expensive. It it really is. I mean, especially when you consider what's school lunch, two dollars and twenty five cents mm-hmm. per student or something like that. So yeah, this is this is more expensive. Uh Megan, you have to stop interrupting, please. Well, hold on. She wants to come in and say something. Come on in. <laughs> come on. Get up on the mic. It's about four dollars, Daddy. What? Four dollars. School lunch. So your school lunch is four dollars per now. student. It, yeah, that's what it is now. Okay. All right. So about four dollars. So gosh, maybe I'm getting old. You uh, are getting old. I am getting old. So maybe it's not more <laughs> expensive then. If you because if you think about buying a pound of of uh, freshly cut sliced uh, um, deli meat and freshly sliced uh, cheese and stuff like that. I think it probably would come out to an equivalent if you packed a fresh lunch every day. Could be. Yeah. It just depends on uh, how luxurious you want the lunch to be. (laughs) But, uh, and sometimes uh, like, but at the same time, you know, it's, we're talking about your kids. 
Yeah, and that's, oh, that's, that's it. You know, it's about the their future. It's about their health. These are the the, the years where you literally lay the foundation for their future health. And if kids are overweight now at, at a young age, the chances that they will be overweight later on and have all sorts of coronary problems is so much elevated and so much more elevated than if they eat healthy now. So it's, it's, you're, you're literally investing, you know, people save money for the, you know, the, the, for the education later for, for, for their studies. But why don't we make that same reasoning when it comes to their health and, and just, yeah, it's more expensive, but your your children will be so thankful afterwards for uh, for that investment indeed now last year we learned about like Jamie Oliver's uh uh fresh sp- you know his fresh tomato pasta it's like homemade spaghetti only it's <laughs> really really good and it's all i mean it's extremely healthy very low in calories and all this other stuff and when Stephanie makes that she makes extra and she puts that in in a leftovers container and then uh, she has these containers that are um, they're like thermos kind of containers, and mm-hmm. uh, they're, they they're made just for the lunch boxes. And um, she she will heat that up in the microwave in the morning, getting it nice and hot. And then she puts it in the thermos, and uh, it stays hot the entire morning. And when they go to lunch, they get this nice warm homemade spaghetti and uh, stuff. I mean, it, it, yeah, our kids eat really healthy at school. Nice. That yeah. the other kids must be uh, must be jealous. Might might motivate some other kids to uh, ask for better food. Indeed. So yes, Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution. Everybody, go 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 watch this with your kids and uh, and 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 see what they're being fed in the school system. It, it's it's not good. It's not a pretty picture. No, no, it's it's scary actually, and it's all about money. That that's the thing that shocked me most. It's the 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 questions that the the people responsible ask is not you know what is good for these kids. It's how do we stay within budget? How can we you know make this as cheap as possible? And that yeah. that is that is so totally the wrong the wrong perspective. It is. We're talking about kids. We're not talking about adults who can make their own choices. Well, we're talking about kids that ha- that have no choice. Well, in the Los Angeles school system, so far they're not even letting; they're blocking Jamie at every instance to to letting him and getting to schools. And so, one of the things that he did, he went on Ryan Seacrest's radio show and asked the folks to come down to his kitchen that he had set up and asked parents to have their kids bring home school lunches and okay. and bring it. And you should have go watch that first episode of this season. And you yeah. will be amazed at the foods that they brought. It's all packaged, processed, microwaved food. Mm-hmm. Lots of salt in it, lots yeah. of fat, lots of sugar. All yeah. of the, and, and all of this stuff cooked <clears throat> in its plastic and everything. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh dear, oh dear. Yes. We're very far away from, I think, uh, what, uh, what, what we humans are made for. <laughs> yes, indeed. Alrighty, so um, do hey. we, go, what's going on with you, Father Roderick? How are things going with your uh, your running and your physical fitness and all that stuff? Well, this show is called Balanced Living Weekly, and I am uh, currently going through a very unbalanced period. Uh, really, um, lack of sleep, way too much work. I'm uh, I'm so busy that I cannot find the time to do my runs. It's ah, I hate it when I get to this point. And it's all about priorities, but the thing is, uh, I've I've probably made commitments in the past about this work, and I didn't see it. I I just didn't notice how much all this was piling up in just a very short period of time, 
And so uh, I'm constantly tired. I don't uh, pay much attention to, you know, the, the balance during the day. And, uh, and I notice that when I'm tired like this, I don't really want to, you know, pay much time in the kitchen. And so it's not that I'm like binging or anything. So it's not, uh, I'm not, I'm not gaining weight or anything, but I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I'm just hoping that this won't last too long. I've, I've got about two more busy weeks ahead of me and then hopefully I'll, uh, I'll get some more time to, uh, I, I just miss my runs. And I do have this big marathon scheduled for the second day of Easter. And uh, last ru- last big run that I needed to do was the 20-miler. And that went really well. But I skipped the the 12-miler last weekend. And I kept telling me, you know, I'm going to do this on Monday. And then I said, I'm going to do this on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's now Thursday. I still have to do that those 12 miles. <laughs> so I'm a little bit worried there. Although I know from experience that if I just go about things you know easily you don't lose that um that shape um even if you you stop training for a week but i'm just worried about this situation where i'm at where i just feel that i'm stretching myself way too much i'm burning the candle on both ends and um i've had these times it's always around this time of year last year i had very much the same situation it was around may and i was on the on the verge of getting overworked and it it just uh, it's not a good place to be at. Right. So I probably need to tone down uh, my work a little bit more and uh, and just saying no earlier <laughs> to all these commitments. And once you've said yes, I don't want to step out. It's, it's very difficult to go back to people and say, well, hey, uh, I'm now in this situation. I, I know I I said I would do this, but I can't because I'm you know I'm tired. But it's. Eh. I don't. I just don't like to be in this situation. I was like, yeah. I, I thought I was beyond this. I thought I I knew how to how to keep my balance, but no, I yeah. I don't know how to keep my balance. It's it's tough. It's tough because there's so many good things to devote yourself to. I mean, so many of worthwhile course, causes. Always, you know, it's always good work. It's always useful. It's always you know, in itself, it's not evil. It's just piling it all up and and overestimating your own capacity. That that is the bad thing. Yes. And now I just feel that. Uh, you know, I just, I, I, I have the mental energy, but I don't have the physical energy. I just need my sleep and yeah. I need times during the day where I can just relax without having this, this constant, uh, you know, inner voice that tells me, oh, did, did you just read your to-do list? Do you see how long it is? All of that still needs to be done tomorrow. If I have that to-do list in my head, I cannot really relax either. And so, ah, oh, well. So I'm going to get better after Easter, I tell yeah. myself. That's a little <laughs> carrot that I dangle in front of my own face. It <laughs> keeps me going. I hope you're doing a lot better. I know you're doing a lot better than I am. I have been doing very well. Um, I, have, I have learned the power of saying no to almost everything. In fact, I think that's going to be my mantra from this point forward is... is um, my first response to everything should be no, and mm-hmm. then maybe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, like the, the first response is no, and the second response, eh, maybe. And, and, and I, I'm really taking that to heart because, you know, I have gotten to the place where for the first time in my life, I am experiencing margin. And I, you know what, I recorded an episode of Pursuing a Balanced Life, I think on <laughs> Sunday and it's still on my phone. I have not put it, I haven't released it yet. But I know the title of the episode is going to be 
uh, trying not to feel bad about not feeling bad. <laughs> right. But, you know, because there are so many people out there who are overworked and overpressured and, you know, they're asking me to, inv- you know, involve myself in their projects and it's going to help mm-hmm. them along and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm saying no. And yep. do I have time on my schedule to do that project, to, to, to have my involvement in it? Yes. But am I going to say yes to it? No. And I don't feel bad. Although there's a part of me, I guess intrinsically I feel bad because I feel bad about not feeling bad about the fact that I'm not going to participate in their project. But it's because you you care about people, you want to help, you it's what you do, uh, and uh, it's so it's kind of almost counterintuitive to give yourself uh, this margin, and yet you know, and and you you actually are probably already in a situation where you know that this is just just I I'll just I need that margin. Yeah. And and uh, again, it's all the all the no's protect the yes in your life, and and the, the things that you say yes to. But it's and, so it's so hard, and especially when it comes to email. And and I I actually ha- I I'm t- I have it on my list. It's on my things to do tomorrow to send an apology to one of my clients who asked <laughs> me for some advice. He says, "Oh, I need urgent information. I need it right away." and stuff like that. And this is somebody who was in my A to Z class in March. And it's mm-hmm. somebody who's already even paid to actually, you know, he got a discount to, to be a participant in the class again in May. But he needed some advice right away. And it was very urgent. And of course, I took two or three days to respond to it because, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing some margin. I'm not, I'm not sitting on top of my email until, you know, five o'clock in the morning every day. You know, right. it's just not who I am right now. And hopefully yeah. we'll never be again. So, you know, I, I, it took me two to three days to, to get to that message. And then I responded to it. And, and his very quick few questions, I literally devoted about 35 to 45 minutes to. All right. So that, that's 45 minutes of my day. That, that's yeah. not something that is paid for. It's not something I'm charging for. Hmm? But at the end, of, I, I feel like a total jerk because um, this is what I wrote. Can I read to you what I wrote to him? Sure. Yeah. And, 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 and I do, I feel like, a, I, oh man, I, 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 and here's the thing, I would have never wrote this except for I'm going to confess to you something that, that I did last night. First time I've done this, by the way, mm-hmm. since January of this year. First time I went to bed past midnight and I was up until four o'clock in the morning. I am oh, not, really? I, I was, I don't know why there was no reason for me to be up until four in the morning. But I yeah. did stay up until four in the morning. It's the first time I've been up at past midnight. And, oh, wow. and um, so obviously I slept in a little bit the next day. And but I, I've, I think I only got like four hours of sleep when I did wake up and I was on edge and cranky and, you know, and, and everything else. And I felt behind even though I wasn't. Does that mm. make sense? It's like I, I, I have one task on my list today. And that task is not inbox zero. That task was something else is the only thing I had to do. And sure, it's not going to be a problem to get it done. But at the same time, I was cranky. I'm like, I feel like I'm so far behind. <laughs> and and I don't and it was because I didn't sleep well. I didn't get enough sleep. Yeah. And that, so that's, that's entirely my problem right now. I, I just have a chronic lack of sleep and it makes everything hard. Well, and it, it makes it makes the world somber and 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 depressing. <laughs> like wow. Let me tell you something. I, this, yeah, go ahead. this is horrible. And and I and I hate to even read this to you. And again, I'm gonna send a note to to apologize um 
to tomorrow. But this is what I wrote as a PS. By the way, and I put BTW, this email response took, actually, I got it right here. It says, this email response took a total of about 27 minutes to respond to with 44 more emails in my, uh, with 44 emails to go before I hit inbox zero and start working on my own project for the day. And it's 2 p.m. already. You can see why it's hard for me to devote this type of, uh, devote this type of response to questions via email. I know you have a lot of mission critical questions that need some immediate attention, but if you could hold off as many as possible until we get back into session, it would help me. I'm a, I'm a total people pleaser and it's hard for me to take someone like you who has paid for my course in April and paying again in May to not answer these questions. Cliff. What yeah. a, what a jerk. I mean, Oh, I think you just expressed your boundaries and you explained why uh, this is kind of a one-time thing that you do, but you cannot afford to do this anymore. I know, but still I feel like a jerk. I don't yeah. know. Isn't this like like a police officer who feels like a jerk when he has to give someone a ticket for speeding? It's like, you don't want to do that, but you have to. You have to put in, in some boundaries in place. I know. And- I just wonder I, if I worded it I, the right way. If, if I, I think it was still, no, it sounds like uh, someone who has devoted a lot of time and uh, you might, it might come, you might f- uh, feel that it's more cranky than it actually comes across. Okay. I think you've been, you know, just very clear. It's, it's uh, concise. You, but, um, but it, this is not, you're not insulting the person. You're not like, how on earth did you ever dare to write me that email? Yeah, and- <laughs> yeah no, I, I didn't do that. But, <sighs> yeah. but and so hard. after all, you know, the only person really to blame is yourself because, you know, you, you, uh, it, it's not your problem. You yeah. made it your problem. And, but, and it, but in, you know, it, it wasn't actually your problem. It, yeah. it became your problem the moment you said, I'm going to answer this and I'm going to. Well, that's the thing is, of course, I, I think what got me is, is the, the tight, the subject of the email is need help desperately. Yeah. You know, which, which in my it mind, triggered, it triggered your people pleaser, uh, sensor. Exactly. It, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, it's calling for my action because, you know, I'm trying to wake up in the morning. And I'm trying to say, you know what? I'm, it's like, wow, I went to bed with inbox zero last night. There are 67 emails in my inbox right now. I don't owe any of those people anything. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get to that place where I, I am not required to respond to one email today. That yeah. is not a requirement. It's not even on my to-do list yet. And, and I've got another project that I should be doing. Why am I, you know, it's like the question I have to ask myself, it's, it's not his fault that no. I spent until two o'clock that afternoon trying to get to inbox zero when I shouldn't have even spent any time until after I finished that one project. See, that's my, that's <laughs> the reason why I'm thinking I shouldn't have sent that email because you know what? Sure. He sent me an email that says need help, you know, and you know, whatever mm-hmm. uh, he sent that I've already let it sit for two days. Why not let it sit for another day and a half and, and do respond and not really make such a big do- deal out of it. Well, I still I don't, don't think it's a it's a big problem. I think it's it's not a it's not a rude email. It's it's just you putting in place some boundaries, making it very clear uh, because this might be a person that might do that again in the future. And it's 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 a, you know obviously because that person does need help. The thing is, why should it be you? And yeah. um, you know, <laughs> there are there are a lot of urgent, desperate situ- situations in the world 
but it's uh, you know it's not always us who have to solve that situation yeah, yeah. and you know I'm t I'm preaching to myself as well because I, I fall for this all the time and uh, you know I get the phone call and it's like oh yeah we thought that uh, you know we, we would like to ha have you speak at our co uh, convention and blah 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 and and my initial reaction is uh, emailing back sure uh, you know I can do that I can schedule it in and now I've I know the feeling, the way I feel this week with a, the way too much work. I was like, okay, yeah, my first answer should be, I'm afraid I can't do that. And, and usually what I do is, if I feel bad about sending a negative response, I add another reference. I say, well, I can't do that. I'm too busy. I'm so sorry. But you might want to, you know, try here or ask that person. Yeah. And that makes me feel a little bit better. At least I, I didn't solve the problem, but I helped them you know find a response find find a solution themselves it's tough to say no and it's tough to set boundaries it sure is and i thought that i had learned it and i i guess it's it's going to be an ongoing struggle like so many things when it comes to health and balance it the, the battle is never won indeed well father roderick uh where can people find you on twitter and all your other wonderful podcasting goodness uh twitter.com slash father roderick and uh, well, if you enjoyed the New Zealand uh, episode of The Biggest Loser, I might want to recommend uh, my re rather new podcast about something else that's happening in New Zealand, which is the filming of The Hobbit. We currently have, uh, I think, the, the leading podcast about uh, the, the, the filming process. We go over all the latest news and I'm doing that together with a friend of mine who's a great Tolkien expert. So it's, uh, it's both, uh, you know, uh, content, but we also talk about the fun of this whole production and all the excitement around it. So go check that out at uh, thehobbits.sqpn.com. Awesome. And if you guys don't mind me being selfish and promoting something, I just created a brand new YouTube channel for my business over at youtube.com slash podcast answer man. And you'll see all the reviews of all my new technical gadgets that I'm using in my business and how I use them. So there you go. Sweet. And of course, you've got your uh, your new training session in May. Uh, oh yeah, my podcasting A to Z. Uh, exactly. Five weeks of unlimited access to me answering every single question you could possibly ask about podcasting. You can uh, you get five full weeks of instruction, tutorials, everything. Check it out at podcastanswerman.com/slash A to Z. And if you sign up, you will not get a rude email of Cliff during that month. Not I don't know about after that month, but during that month, <laughs> it will be very polite. <laughs> during the month, you ask anything you want. Oh, my goodness. Good point. All right. And by the way, that's uh, podcastanswerman.com. It's the letter A, T-O, the letter Z. There you go. Father Roderick, thank you for another awesome week of business, or not business, Balanced Living Weekly. <laughs> what show is this? Help I got a business tech weekly social media serenity. Balance. <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff. Hey, I saw that you recorded a uh, break yesterday. Is that out yet? Um, I just posted it. Oh, good. Yeah. Because I, I, I saw it on the Twitter feed yesterday, but I never did. I've been, it's like, when am I going to be able to listen to it? All yeah, right, so no it's out now. Great. I, <laughs> Take I'll, your time. I'll listen to it this evening. <laughs> All, All righty. Right. Thanks, thanks for everything. And folks, if you want to give us a call on our voicemail feedback hotline, 
4067-859-795-4067. And of course, I've already got some voicemails here and I apologize that we didn't get to them today, but we'll include them next week. Until then, stay balanced. Stay balanced.